Today, you are going to be hearing a sermon from one of our ministers here on staff. We hope this word blesses you, and remember that we love and appreciate your time here. Now, let's hear what the Lord has for you today. Can we give the Lord some praise tonight? Come on. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Good. Man, you know what? It's good to be in the house of God on a Thursday. Amen. Amen. Turn around, greet your neighbor. Tell him it's good to see you in the house of God. And take your seat this evening. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, it's good to, good to be in a church that's alive. Come on. Amen. Yes, Amen. You know, you know what? I just want to welcome those who tuned in and uh, are, you know, are watching us. Maybe you're, someone brought you here for the first time. On, on behalf of our senior pastor, Ruben Reyna, we welcome you. Amen. And those of you tuned in, share, share somebody, somebody, you know, who wants to hear the gospel because we always bring people to a decision to come to Christ. So that's important. So tomorrow night, man, it's going to be movie night. Amen. Bring your lounge chair, bring your blanket. Amen. Bring somebody who doesn't know Jesus. Tell them, look, I'm going to take you to a a movie and, you know, we're going to have and it's free and it's free. Amen. So we're going to have a good time, and so we're just going to continue that God does what he does and continue to save souls. Amen? Amen. Well, this evening, I have the privilege of ministering. I, I titled this message, To Walk With God. Amen. To Walk With God. You have your Bibles, turn to the book of Genesis chapter 5. You know, when I was putting these notes together, I was thinking of all the, the saints who have gone on before us. And in the, in the years that I've been in this fellowship, some beautiful people, solid people in the, that had walks with God who left an impression on us. And so I, I just really, when I came across this portion of scripture, it just, it just jumped out at me. So Genesis chapter 5. But I want to start tonight off with a little story. There was this old preacher, Holy Ghost preacher, had a tent revival tent revival and you know what he's he's right there and he's preaching and at the end of the service <clears throat> he tells the, the the congregation the people who are attending he says who here desires prayer there was a fellow up in the back raised his hand he said young man come up here he says what is it that you need he says oh, I want you to pray for my hearing he says okay grabbed the oil poured it on him Got him by two hands, just cupped his hands over his ears, started shaking him back and forth, back and hallelujah, speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues. Got the congregation, lift your hands up, pray towards his way, got him with this, that. She starts snapping his fingers. He says, young man, how's your hearing? He says, I don't know. It's not until Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. <laughs> All good. You're like, hey, come to think of it, mine. <laughs> Mine's on Wednesday. Glory to God. Genesis chapter 5. 
Genesis chapter 5. One of the things that I, I, when I was putting this message together was just that I was thinking of the testimony that we leave, the legacy that we leave. And I, I believe that one of the greatest testimonies that you and I will ever be is to what we leave behind. Before we leave this earth, and that testimony would be that you walked with God. Amen. That you had a relationship with the Lord that people could, who did not know you could say, you know what, that individual, the thing that was different about him or her was is that they walked with God. I told you some time ago, I went to a funeral of a gentleman, simple man, older gentleman. He said in his church, he just was a greeter. And they had it at the Sky Rose Chapel up at Rose Hills. I don't know if you've ever been there, but it holds quite another, over 300 people it holds. And that chapel was filled. Testimony after testimony of all the, the, the things that people had to say about this man. The whole worship team of, of seven members were all his grandchildren. And grandson after grandson, granddaughters, all of them talking about how he led such a, had such a great testimony and that he was the one who brought them to Jesus in their years of acknowledgement. And so I thought about this and I said, man, what a testimony. What, what is it that, that, that we, could, we could possess that would uh, uh, have the, the thoughts and the words on somebody's mouth that says, you know, that individual, I remember them. They walked with God. The footprints that you and I leave are for another to follow. So how does one walk with God? How does one uh, uh, go in that pace? What are some of the character traits that a person must possess to have that type of relationship with God? So much to the point where generations after us could follow in our footsteps. Generations that will lift up the banner of Christ and say, you know what, uh, it started with my grandfather back in the 80s, back in the 90s, my family came to Christ. And when that took place, children and grandchildren, all of them started to hold that testimony that the, was set before them. Psalms 145, it says, one generation shall commend works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. It was, it was Billy Graham who said that the greatest legacy that one can pass to one's children and grandchildren is not money or material things, but rather a legacy of character and faith. Amen. Character and faith. And so when you think about that, you not only hold your future in your hand, but you hold the future of those who follow. Those who look to you as a point of reference to say, my mother, my grandmother, my aunt, my uncle, my cousin, they walk with God. Genesis chapter 5, verses 21, and it reads this. It said, and when Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. And after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked faithfully with God 300 years, and had, another, and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived a total of 365 years. Enoch walked faithfully with God. Then he was no more because God took him away. Father, let's, let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord.
for this evening. I thank you, Father, for this privilege of ministering your word, Father. Lord, I step aside, Father, and ask that you take full control, Lord God. Father God, that our hearts are prepared for what you are about to minister to the church. Father God, that those who do not know you, Lord God, that tonight a decision is made, Father. Lord, we thank you, Lord God. I give you the glory, the praise, and all the honor, Lord, in your precious son's name. Amen. Amen. See, the Bible only mentions two individuals, two individuals who didn't see death. They were taken up in this manner. The other was Elijah. Two mighty men of God who the Bible says that their walk was so in tune with God, so in step with God that they didn't see death, that he took them. And see, Enoch lived a life that was demonstrating the faith that was in his heart and his life was the faith was constant, consistent, and complete walk with God. See, what does that look like in this modern day? What does that look like where every day Christians are being bombarded? Christians are, are attacked for the faith and the things and the values that we stand for. See, we're living in a time now where the things that, that, that we used to call bad are trying to be called good now. Where they say, you know what, uh, you don't, are you one of those, are you one of those haters, are you one of those individuals who hate on people? See, listen, the characteristics of Christ that you and I must obtain is to love people. To love them. See, it's never up to us to choose who's worthy of salvation. Because we don't like the way an individual lives does not grant us the, 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 the attitude to say, you know what, you don't deserve to know Jesus. See, when the individuals walk in, we are supposed to be the hand and feet of Christ where we say, you know what, God bless you. God loves you. God loves you. See, it's easy to love somebody who we're familiar with. We love the, we love the winos, we love the drug addicts, we love all these things. But when somebody comes in that goes by another way of living that we may not like, we tend to think, oh, they're not worthy. We might not say it, but we're not warm to them. We're not uh, accepting to them. So what are some of the character traits that Enoch possessed in his relationship with God that the father said to him, son, come home? The first one is that you must accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. See, a lot of us, and I've heard this a lot, and I know some of you have, is like, oh, yeah, I said the prayer. He's my savior, but is he your Lord? Is he the Lord of your life? Is he the one that you go to when you need to make tough decisions? Is he the one that you go to when all things are coming against you, when you're not feeling uh, so much like walking with God? Is he the one that you reach to in your time of trouble? See, we can never dictate the storm, but we can manage the sails. How we are in the storm, how we navigate the sails and what we do. See, those are the areas in our walk with God where we say, you know what, God, you are the Lord of my life, but sometimes we don't walk that way. There are some times where we just say, you know what, we want to do our own thing. So that first step is to accept Jesus as your Lord. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 reads this. It says, nor is there salvation in any other. 
For there is no other name under heaven given among men which was we must be saved. See, you and I are here tonight because it was the plan of God. I don't believe in coincidences. I don't believe that, you know what, by chance you were at that corner when they handed you that track and led you to the Lord and you're here today. There's no areas where you know what, that God did not plan it. Have you ever been lost? And you go on your GPS? You know, I have this thing on my GPS where, like, if I'm going on the freeway, and my kids, they always call me Detective Gadget because I'm always... I'm always on my GPS, you know, even if I'm going somewhere where I know how to get there. I just like to see what the traffic's like or there's a cop hiding behind this, you know, I'm that guy. But sometimes like when I'm moving it and I'm navigating it so far and, and you see it's purple, the, the road, the highway's purple, 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 red, purple, and then I get to the point like I don't even know where I'm at no more. But there's this little icon down at the bottom that says, says center up and you press it and it takes you back to where you were. See, the GPS is God's plan of salvation. God has a plan of salvation for every individual here. There's a plan and a purpose that God has for you and I. And the the, the areas in our life that God is constantly bringing to the surface is, is that to draw you into a closer relationship with God. See, it is the heartbeat of your, our pastor is to bring us all to that point in our relationship with God where we, we could stand firm, where we could say, you know what, the storms are coming, the, you know, the, all hell is breaking loose, the, uh, the, the kids are fired up, man, uh, they, they're talking layoffs at the job, all these things are happening, but you remain still because you have the peace of God in your life. You have that peace. So this is the first step to walking with God is salvation. See, you can't earn salvation. I know some beautiful people. I know some genuine people, kind people, that if you were to talk to them and be in their their circle, you would think like, man, how does this person not know Christ? But you can't earn it. It is a gift. God so loved the world that he gave. See, we quote John 3, 16 all the time. Read verses 17 to 21. It breaks it down a little bit more, what's involved. So you could talk to people and they tell you, oh, I'm saved. Oh, I have a cousin who's a pastor. Oh, you know what? uh, I go to this church occasionally, two times, three times a year. Oh, yeah, I, I know Jesus. I know Jesus. I've said that prayer many times. But you've never made him the Lord of your life. See, an individual who makes Jesus the Lord of their life, they walk in step with him. You don't always agree with because sometimes God says some things and asks you to do things that you don't understand. How many have ever been there before? You're like, really, God? Come on, God. You know I don't like him. You know it's going to end up how it's, you know what, but God puts you there. And you're like, why, God? We, we, we rub each other wrong where, you know, we're always butting heads. And see, God does things like that. Sometimes I think like, man, God, you got a good sense of humor, man. You really do. 
because you know what? And then you, you go through it, and then God starts to work things out. That You know what? Where you, your walk is getting closer with God, and their walk is getting closer with God, so God starts to bring you together, and it's, you start to sharpen each other, and you start to you know, see things from their point of view, and they start to warm up to you, and before you know, you guys are battling the enemy together. Amen. Battling the enemy together. Paul described it this way in Galatians chapter 2, verses 20. Turn with me there. How many are with me so far? He says this in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. See, that is the hardest thing that Christians this modern day face is getting rid of their self. Because we live in a me-centric generation, me. Me, how are you going to help me? What is in it for me? I heard this one minister on the radio telling uh, the people on the radio, says, look, you need to find a church that caters to you. If that's the case, because everybody has different needs. See, what we need, what the church needs, what, what this world needs is they need preachers to stand behind the pulpit and preach the truth. See, it's the truth that sets the individual free. It's the truth that brings you to that point in your walk with God where you say, you know what, yes, God, because sometimes it's not pleasant. Sometimes it's not pleasant. Sometimes there's some things that God highlights and you feel like, man, Rudy put the spotlight right on you. (laughs) And God's telling you, you know what? Come to the altar. Come and make it right. Come to the altar and come clean. Confess it from your heart. Come to that point. But we hold back. And there's nobody else that we could blame but ourselves. Because we are the ones who always hold back from the blessings of God. See, the blessings of God are are there. You and I have been given an equal measure of faith. My faith is not greater than yours. But you need to activate yours. You need to step into faith. Step out of the comfort zone that that God has trying to take you out of so long. And see, when we come to that point, we have the choices to make. Every single day, we have that choice to make. But what you must understand is with choices come consequences, good or bad. You can always tell an individual who's been on a health craze, right? Because you could see they're, they're, they're fit, they're, they're coming to, and they're, they're coming together. You could see it's evident. It shows. Same way with your spiritual walk. When you see an individual that, you know what, has the joy of the Lord. Because happiness, it could come and go. It depends on, man, you come out, you, you could wake up with the joy of the Lord. Right. You go outside and you got two tires flat. Come on, preach it. No AAA, one spare, <laughs> right? <laughs> but if you have the joy of the Lord, you're like, Praise God. 
Uber. <laughs> so we have that choice. Ephesians 5.8 says, For you were once darkness, but now you are in the light of the Lord. Walk. Say walk. walk. Come on. Walk. walk. In the light. In the light. You ever been in the theater and you just walk in out of the, you know, the lobby and you walk in and it's dark and it takes a minute for your eyes to adjust and then before you know it, the irises of your eyes have opened up to allow in what light there is. But at a certain point, you get comfortable because you could see even in the dark. But once you come to the light, you don't want to be in the dark no more. You don't want to be there. The second thing is, is that we must hear him. We must hear him. Have you ever struggled with hearing? And I'm not going to say it's on Tuesday, but have you, <laughs> have you ever struggled with hearing it, like a, say a concert or a venue? What do you do? I mean, like some of you guys, I, I know you're that one that buys a ticket way up there, but by mid-concert, you're like at the stage. <laughs> you want to draw closer. If you're having a difficult time hearing God, you just need to draw closer. You just need to get closer. You need to navigate and maneuver. And, and you know what? Sometimes avoid that distraction and avoid that, uh, that barrier that, that the enemy is throwing there. And, and what you're doing is you're just saying, you know, I'm pushing things aside because I need to get close to Jesus. I need to get close to the Lord. I admire that woman in the Bible who had an issue of blood because there was nothing that was going to stop her from touching the hem of the garment of the Lord. All those people around him, and he knew someone touched him because she was determined. She was determined, and she said in her heart, you know what? I've been to the experts, nothing. I spent all my money, nothing. But if I touch the hem of the Lord, I know. See, we have to have that attitude sometimes. Well, we're not going to get up off our knees until I get an answer from God. Until I know it, because sometimes, sometimes it comes in waves where you just say, you know what, a trial and a trial and a trial. And sometimes, man, you get to the point where you get paralyzed in doubt and fear, and you just sit there and say, why is this going through? God is always going to put you through something, and he will not put you to something that you cannot handle. Yeah. Not. Yeah. I love that quote by Sister, uh, uh, God, what's her name? Mother Teresa. She said, God will not put you through nothing that you cannot handle. She said, I only wish he didn't trust me so much. <laughs> See, you and I are going to face tough times. And thank God that we do at different times and different levels. Because if we were all going through the trial at the same time, could you imagine? I mean, Brother Raul could be dancing and singing and we'd all just be sitting there. Like my mom used to say, pick up your lip before you trip on it. No joy, no, you know, if we were. But, you know, there's times where I'm going through it and this person isn't. Like, how you doing, brother? Praise the Lord. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, I praise him. Yeah. Hallelujah. But see, those are instances where God is, you know what, is bringing us through it. See, you're not going through it. 
You're growing through it. You're growing. So we hear him. See, there are four voices that you will hear. It will be the enemy's voice. The enemy will always try to bring you to a point to doubt God, question God, question yourself, question the abilities that God has given you. Like, hey, you can't preach. You can't this and this. And sometimes, you know what? I hear that voice, and I said, you know what? You're probably right. But if God is with me, I know that something's going to happen. I know that God is going to touch somebody. I know somebody's going to hear the truth. Somebody's going to hear the gospel. So sometimes you just need to tell that voice to shut up. Shut up. You ever been in the movies and somebody talks through the whole movie? Like, really? Really? Like, don't let that be you tomorrow because we will escort you out. Hallelujah. <laughs> the second voice is your voice. Your voice. You ever talk yourself out of a blessing? God tells you, do this, and you're like, oh, no, no, no. I ain't going to, you know, what if they reject me? What if this? What if they rip up the track? Or what if they, you know, this and that? And, and, and we don't do it because we hear our voice. Oh, you know what? They don't, they look like, you ever did it? They look saved already. <laughs> they look saved already. Oh, no, no, look at it. Is that a Bible? No, 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 it's a journal. <laughs> the other one is other people's voices. Listening to other people. Negative voices. People who say like, oh, man, you know, hey, bro, you know we can't do that. You know where we're from. We're from on that side of the tracks. Oh, no, we can't do it because look, you know. And we start to hear that, and we start to let that filter in, and we start to set on that. And it starts to grow, and before people become fearful, and they don't want to move forward. That was the problem with the Israelites. They didn't advance into where God wanted to take them into Canaan is because they listened to the voices of the negative people. They listened to those voices. It was those two individuals that said, you know, no, we can't do it. God has said he would go, go before us. God had promised us that we would go but no, you looked at the size of the giants. You looked at all the things that were there that seemed fearful to you. You were comforted where you were. And they never advanced. It wasn't them that seen the promised land. It was their descendants. So it's the enemy's voice. It's your voice, other people's voice. And then there's God's voice. Thank God for the, the voice of the Lord. Thank God. God's voice may, be, may convict, but does not condemn. Speaks life, hope, and redemption, always agrees with Scripture, just maybe not our wounded understanding of the Scripture. The four voices. The third thing is just to trust Him. See, if you come from a background like myself, it's hard to trust individuals because we've been lied to. We've been promised things. And they didn't fulfill it. But the one thing that I love about the Lord is he's not like our earthly father, our earthly loved ones who've gone back on their word, their promises and stuff. The Lord, if he told it to you, he will fulfill it. He will fulfill it. The part that we have to get used to is the timing. Because we want everything now. We do. Really? You don't even want to wait the whole minute for your burrito to heat up. Right? 
35, 35 seconds. Half of it's cold, but you're still going to eat it. Throw some tapatio on it and you're good. Right? Yeah, feel the glory. One person said this, you will always struggle in your walk if you can't trust God, knowing he has nothing but your best interest at heart. Nothing but your best interest. God will never lead you astray, never lead you down a path. And sometimes the path looks a little, a little iffy, but you know what? If God told you to do that, if God told you to go in that direction, there's a good outcome at the end of it. You can count on that. Some grew up in tr- with trust issues, like I was speaking And one person said this, he says, when you face difficult times, know that challenges are not sent to destroy you, but they are sent to promote you and increase you and strengthen you. See, this is where we are today. Turn with me to the book of Psalms chapter 73. David had one of those relationships. We often preach about David and some of the character traits that he possessed, both good and bad. I mean, that's the one thing I love about the word of God is that it, it, it also mentions some of the setbacks that men and women of God had as an example, as an example. But David writes this in 73, 28. He says, but it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all your works. See, we are going to go through times, we're going to go through difficult situations and different levels where God is bringing us up. But when God is taking you from one season into the next season, you must understand this season is where he's trying to teach you something. See, we should never come to the point where we say, why God? What we need to understand is that you need to say, God, what are you trying to show me in this season? What are you trying to show me? I, be, I'm a, I want to tell you the honest truth. In the 14 years that I've been here, I have had such a growth spurt in my spirit the last several months. Amen. God has shown me things, and I mean, there's times where I just sit there and I don't understand, and I see difficult times that people are going through, and I just have to sit back and say, you know what, God, get them through this, Lord. Yes. Strengthen them, Lord. Let them see your power. Let them see your strength. Because one of the worst things that could happen to an individual is to give up, to quit. Quit right before. Sometimes people quit right before the brink of a breakthrough. And you want to just take it. But but you know what? Sometimes you want it so much for them more than they want it for themselves. Our children, our grandchildren, sometimes you just think, look, if you would just listen to me and give your heart to God, it will work itself out. But we try and we try and we try to navigate and, you know, what this person, they'll they'll help me and this person has an answer and and all these things that we, and God is always the last one that an individual turns to. How many have ever been in that position where God has tried to get your attention? And And he's got it. Because you have nowhere to go. There's, got, there's going to be sin, uh, situations where you know what you just say, you know, God, I have nowhere to go but to you. Man, and God just says, be still. There's a breakthrough coming. Just be still. Stay in prayer. Stay in worship. Stay in communion with me. Walk with me. Go forward. Move forward. See, I love that saying. I love that saying by uh, Abraham Lincoln. Look, I move slow, but I move forward. 
I got to go forward. Sometimes you just got to push yourself. Like Pastor mentioned on David, you had to encourage yourself. Sometimes you have to talk to yourself. I know you feel crazy, right? But think about it. You didn't care what anybody said about you in the world. Amen. Oh, there goes 5150. <laughs> you didn't care. You liked it so much, you put it on you. <laughs> right? And now you got to explain to your grandkids, what is 50? Oh, that was my, my locker room, my, my combination lock, 5150. <laughs> Yeah, and that's interesting because you know what I love it when I, I, I see some of the individuals that are here and you have such an amazing testimony walking with God and then you have grandchildren and children, they didn't know your life. They didn't know that and they'll never have to know it. They don't. Because the testimony that you're living now is that you walk with God. Hallelujah. Fourth thing, and last thing, is that we must agree with him. We must agree with him. Have you ever had that moment where you didn't agree with God? Right? You're like, oh, no, can't be God. Can't be God. No, lying devil. Lying devil. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. Hosea was told by God to marry Gomer. She was a non-faithful prostitute. Hosea was a godly man. It made no sense, right? Man of God, marry a prostitute. And she was not just a prostitute. She was like the mother hen type. I don't know what they call it. That gal. (laughs) But God told him to marry her because that was going to be mimic the relationship that God had with Israel. And so the prophet did, and he was obedient. It didn't make sense, though. He obeyed and he brought Israel back from idolatry. See, we must come into agreement with God even though if the plan isn't 100% clear. We just say, you know what, God, I'm just, you know what, I'm going to walk by faith. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know what, uh, if they say, you know what, I, I really think that you would, it would really be beneficial to you and your wife if, if you take this ministry. Well, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. They said, if God called you, God will equip you. He will. He will. I mean, I remember when I was, I was asked if I would take a, uh, the, the, the tweens. They're not tweens no more. They're all adults. They're serving God here. Praise God for that. But I, I remember that, you know, when they asked us and I was like, in my head, like, oh, yeah, okay. But in my heart, I was like, oh, heck no, man. No. I see these kids. I don't care if they got Bible names or what, but they're bad kids. <laughs> Right? It's always the kids with Bible names, right? Always. You know, I've said this before. You see, they're like, yeah, you have to yell at them. Hezekiah, leave Jeremiah alone. 
you know, put that down, do this and all that. You could always, you could always tell when, how long a family has been serving God by the names of their children. It's like you have Hezekiah, Nehemiah, and then you have Tupac. <laughs> Tupac's 10, and it's just, okay, you've been saved about nine years, bro. How'd you know? <laughs> the Lord. <laughs> so we must walk in step. Amos 3.3, can two walk together except they be in agreement? Can two walk together? No. Because you're always going to have one go this way and go that way. So to walk in step with God, the, the walk that Enoch had, the walk that Elijah had, and all these great men of God had was that they walked in agreement with God. It wasn't always pleasant. It wasn't always going to be, uh, you know, uh, beneficial to you because sometimes God asks you to do some sacrifices that sometimes are unpleasant. Your time. Sometimes God will wake you up at three in the morning to pray. God will wake you up to say, you know what, there's a need here. Go out of your way and see if this individual needs anything. And when you're in agreement with God, you say, you know what, yes, Lord, I'm obedient to that. I'm obedient to that. Proverbs 20, verse 7 reads this. It says, the righteous man walks in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. After him. You know, I see some of the young fathers here who have little kids. You know, I see Brother Raul, and I watch Raul. He's a good father, and we have many good fathers here. But the one thing about his little one, that little guy, he's everywhere. Man, I see that guy, boom, he hits his head there, and I go, oh, God, let me just buy him a helmet. But Raul's right there, and he'll get him, and he'll be like, all right, buddy, and he'll let him go. He'll be outside walking the wall, and I, Lord Jesus, help this kid. But boom, he'll fall. But his dad's always there. And you know, we have a heavenly father. You, your walk sometimes gets a little jiggity, but sometimes God has to get you and just, you know, lift you up and put you back on track. And he's a good father. He'll dust you off. Get all that off of you. Tell you to shake it off. And then he says, keep walking. But I made this mistake, I would keep walking. But I did this and I'm, I fall short, keep walking. I failed you, God. But I'll never fail you. Keep walking. Keep walking. Every one of us here could look back to a moment in our life where we fell, we came short. But the fact that you're still here tells me something. That the Holy Spirit spoke to you and you heard, keep walking. Keep walking. Stand with me this evening. The last thing is walking with God is walking away from sin. Walking away from sin. 1 John 1, 6 says this, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. See, I believe in this time and age, 
that we have to make a greater stand for Christ. Not that you're a church attender. Not that you have a Bible. None of those things. Tell me who your character is. Tell God the integrity that you have. We're living in a time and age now where you must make that choice. You must make that choice. There's no more. Oh, I'll get right next service. I'll get my heart next service. Come this time of month, I'm gonna do this. And before you know it, we're so far out that you know what? We've convinced ourselves that we're okay. This evening, if you're here, you're watching us on live stream and you've yet to say to the Lord, I wanna make you the Lord and Savior of my heart. I haven't committed my heart over to you, God, but I wanna do that tonight. I wanna make it right. Listen, I don't care if you've been here a length of time. There's no shame, there's no embarrassment with coming right with God.